What's up, everybody? Roy here, and you're listening to the Balanced Mail Podcast series. Today's episode is on location. <laughs> I am sitting in a car in a parking lot outside my kid's dance class, and I wanted to record episode one because I had an hour to kill, and I figured it would be a good idea to to use that time wisely, and also I wanted to use this new microphone that uh, was gifted to me from my from a friend, Ryan Garbarino, who actually was on the podcast a while back. You should check out his dad talk, and uh, he bought me this microphone for my birthday because he thought of me, and you know, it's cool. I'm loving how technology has come to recording these episodes that I can just plug this tiny little microphone into my iPhone and just sit in my car and record an episode. So yeah, thanks Garbs. Thank you guys for tuning in again. So today's episode is, I'm going to be talking about emotional health. Some people call it emotional literacy, but mainly it's kind of like talking about how we can break the pattern as dads in these cycles uh, and that heredity isn't destiny and what I mean by heredity isn't destiny and breaking the pattern is you know we're a product of our dads who were a product of their dads who were a product of their dads and so on down the line and in a lot of things, a lot of ways that we've parent and they parent was because of, you know, a lot of our dads, their dads, so on, so on, so on. <clears throat> and through that, a lot of things get handed down, right? A lot of traditions, a lot of ways of doing, ways of being get handed down. And a lot of those could be good, you know, things that were handed down from my family. You know, I've, I come from farmers come from blue-collar people it taught me to work hard you know that was handed down to me other things that were handed down to me were you know with my dad and and emotions you know I've said this before you know my dad being the first person I saw cry you know showed me that you know it's okay to have emotions and I think that that one thing that I don't think has been handed down very well for dads and for us is this idea of emotional health, emotional literacy. And it's uh, one of the reasons why I've, I've taken to be spending so much of my time researching books. You know, I've observed a lot in my decade or and more of working with kids and working with children and seeing the way boys act, boys feel, and boys are viewed. And it's a, it's a lot that, that, that I want to talk about. Just the idea of our sons having more emotional health and how that we can break that pattern. And it was really cool to see. I watched this movie called... Um, it's called the Iron Claw. For those of you that don't know, it's 
It's a movie about a very famous wrestling family called the Von Erichs. And these guys were amazing wrestlers. And they had this father who was incredibly intense. And he held a lot of power over the boys. And there was a lot of toxic parenting and toxic masculinity that, that's shown through there. And, and one of the things that is shown is how, you know, in this, in this father's mind, boys aren't allowed to cry. Boys aren't allowed to, to show their emotions. And he does that because in, in one of the scenes, one of the brothers has died. And they're at the funeral, and, and the, the father takes the remaining three boys, you know, and he says, you know, all right, we're about to walk out here. And, 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 and you know, I'm butchering it, the lines, but it basically was like, don't, don't cry, don't show emotions, we're going to weather this storm, you know, as a family. And and then at the end of the and, and so the, this idea of of not showing your emotions, not crying, keeping it inside, you could say plagued the main character Zac Efron's character. There's a lot of emotions he was wanting to have, wanting to show, and never showed it. And a lot of, of you could see the the toll it was taking on him. And, he, and you can see the toll that was taken on the rest of the family because subsequently two, two other brothers commit suicide and another brother... Yeah, so two other brothers committed suicide. And so at the end of the movie, you're seeing Zac Efron's sitting and he's just... He's crying because he realizes... There's this, it's a beautiful scene because he's, he's just sitting here crying thinking about how his brothers are gone and he doesn't have any family anymore and all that stuff. And, and he has sons by this point. And his little kids come running up to him and, and they're, they're, he's just holding them. And, you know, he's like, I'm sorry for crying, boys. You know, men aren't supposed to cry. And the boys are just looking at him like, you know, it's okay to cry, Dad. Everybody cries. And, and you can see how powerful it was for Zac Efron, for the character, to hear that. And you can see this tenseness in his body for crying in front of his kids. And then all of a sudden it just goes away when he has this realization. It's like this giant realization that, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, I can cry. And then he just, it's like, oh, it's, it's this beautiful moment. He's like, oh yeah, I can cry. I can have emotions. That's awesome. And he goes, he plays football with his kids. And why, what I thought was, was really cool is because in that moment, the cycle was broken. You know, you know, this father is imparting this knowledge on these kids. You know, we don't cry. We don't do that. We hold strong, stuff like that. And he's probably doing that for, he wants to ha- his kids to be strong. And it's probably, that's how his dad was taught him. But you can see that, like, it was not something that this guy needed in his life. He needed to show emotions. It was, it was, it was hurting him more than it was helping him. And so, now to have that, he can, he can now impart 
his, his life with his kids can now be different. And I think for us, you know, we're handed down these things from our, our parents. You know, these things that were handed down to them. You know, things like tough it out. Things like, you know, silence. Silence your fears, hide your feelings. And for me, you know, I felt, even though I had a father that, you know, yeah, I knew how to cry. It wasn't like I knew what to do with my emotions. And what I saw around me was showing me that, you know, emotions are to be dealt with to myself silently. And it's, and that you're, you know, you, you hide it. And I don't think that that's the healthiest way for, for boys to be, for men to be. In a lot of ways, we have to break the cycle. We have to find ways to show our emotions in a healthy way. And, you know, our culture really supports that feeling for us. You know, I'm reading this book, Raising Cain. It's called Raising Cain, Protecting the Emotional Life of Boys. And in it, he talks about how the culture supports emotional development for girls and discourages it for boys. There's this stereotypical notion of masculine toughness that denies a boy his emotions and robs him of his chance to develop the full range of, mo- full range of emotional resources. So they call this process the miseducation of boys, a training away from healthy attachment and emotional understanding and expression. And it affects even the youngest boy, who learns quickly, for instance, that he must hide his feelings and silence his fears. When a boy is left to manage conflict, adversity, and change change in his life with little emotional repertoire. If your toolbox <clears throat> contains only a hammer, it's not a problem as long as all of your equipment is running right. Or repairs call for a pounding, but tasks are more complex. The hammer's limitations become clear. Now, none of this is 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 shocking. None of this is like I've turned. I've I, I, I'm speaking something that no one knows. Or like, oh my gosh, finally, that's what this means. You know, we know that this is true. You know, we can look at men all over the place and we see this being played out. And I saw this being played out as a teacher where, you know, boys weren't given space or time to figure out what they were feeling and so in turn they express what they're feeling in an aggressive or destructive manner and you know as a teacher being a male teacher with the kids my my goal cuz i know i know what they were going through i knew that i had these emotions as a kid and i didn't let it out and i was tr- i tried my hardest to give the boy's space and time and I did see a shift in how these boys could handle their emotions but it was only a small 
little thing because I was only with them for a year. And, you know, as, as I've become a parent to a boy and even seeing what I've seen and observed as a teacher, it's like that's not the life that I want for him. And, and I want to heal... I want to heal this, I want to break this pattern, but I realize that if I'm going to break this pattern, it starts with me. And so I have to heal all of this stuff in me in order to help properly pass it on to my son. Because really, there's this other line. Because a boy needs male modeling of a rich emotional life. He needs to learn emotional literacy as much from his father and other men as from his mother and other women because he must create a life of language for himself that speak with the male identity and a boy must see and believe that emotions belong in the life of a man. Now I'm not perfect and there's a lot of ways that I'm having to relearn how to have emotions myself. And so for us as dads it's important because a lot of us weren't equipped with the tools, weren't equipped with the words. You know, that's that's an important thing is just the word, what we are feeling. You know, it's almost like learning to read. You know, it's like we've got to, when we're learning to read, we have to master the letters and sounds of the alphabet then use that knowledge to decode words and sentences, you know, and then when we get from there, we can, we can appreciate complex thoughts. We're able to communicate more effectively with others. Reading connects us to a larger world beyond our own experiences and ideas. And so looking at this emotional health, you know, we have to learn the building blocks of it. And I, and it's scary and it, and it feels like this big animal. It's still, I've, I've been working with this for my own self for a few years now and it it still feels like this giant animal that I don't know how to, <laughs> you know, how to do it sometimes. But, but really, it just starts small. For me, it's just it's space and time. You know, you give the boys the space, help them find the words, give them time to find it. Same thing with you, you know. Give yourself the space. Help yourself find the words. You do that through time. And, and it, you know, little by little, it starts to work out. I think about, I told my kid this joke the other day. It says, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. And you just got to go for the, it's like with uh, what I said earlier, one of my podcasts about working out, you know the little victories, it's the little stuff, you know, and giving myself space and time and, and just being okay with not knowing the words, but, but working through that has been incredibly powerful. And I know in, in doing that, I'm breaking that pattern for my son and hope subsequently his kids. But it's tough, you know, and it's tough to think about this. It's hard to, like, critique our parents, critique our grandparents, critique the people that came before us. You know, I think about 
my grandparents and what they were going through when they were raising my dad. You know, my grandfather was just coming back from World War II. You know, those guys were dealing with something on such a, a level that we don't really know. Most of us don't know. You know, they were trying to process through what they experienced, and so they parented through that. And then my dad going through what they were going through, and so it's like I don't look at like as I look back and try to break the cycle and look at how they parented and let go of those things. I don't, I'm not looking at my parents in like a negative light. I'm just looking for what doesn't serve me anymore and what I what ultimately I want for my for my kid you know but we can we can break the pattern because the the and, and a lot of us don't even know that there's a problem right because 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 I say like yeah it's crying's okay it sounds so simple it sounds like such this little thing it's always why is it a go-to and I just think that feeling that you can't cry is like one of those it's just a sign of like you don't you need to work on your emotional health but when you don't notice a problem it always ends up something drastic you know if we think that we just assume everything's going to work out that's a scary place to be cuz sometimes it doesn't work out There's signs of how how much people are lacking in their emotional health all over America with with school shootings and kids that are on pills for depression. Think about the you know the adults that are on on depression medication. I mean, suicide is still like very high in adult men. And so I, I just I just want to keep talking about this because it's important for me and I know that there's power in healing my my stuff to impart that on my son for generations. And that's how I look at it. So I hope that you guys can work to find more tools and then just a hammer in your toolbox. I think that we can break the patterns, break the cycles. Hereditary isn't destiny. And I was listening to this reel, and this guy was sharing this, I don't know if this is a poem, but it's just something that he's had on his phone that I thought was pretty powerful. And he says, break generational curses, quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed, and expect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to have a good day. You set the tone for your children, you set the tone for your voice, they will always remember in their heads. You become their inner voice, don't be their inner critic. Speak life, speak love, speak bravery, kindness, and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. Most of all, listen to your children. So yeah, Let's break those patterns, break those cycles. Let's heal our stuff so we can help heal our kids' stuff. And if you want to, to, to 
more information about this, the book Raising Cain, Protecting the Life of Emotional or Protecting the Emotional Life of Boys by Dan Kindlon and Michael Thompson. I'll put a link for it in my in the in the show notes for this. And uh, so yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, I'm just the channel. I'm not the source.